going to read to you a book called Robinson Crusoe, but this is a pocket classic. So this is a classic book, but it's shorter than it would be otherwise. They've made it shorter. It's called Pocket Classics, and this originally cost $1.95 a long time ago, printed by AI Academic Industries Incorporated from West Haven, Connecticut, originally written by Daniel Defoe. This is copyright 1984. Okay, about the author, Daniel Defoe was born in England in 1660, the son of a London butcher. As a youngster, he began his studies for the ministry in 1674. But Defoe was not cut out to be a minister. His life was as adventurous and spirited as that of his fictional hero in Robinson Crusoe. Captured by pirates in 1683, Defoe used this experience as well as the story of a shipwrecked Scottish sailor for this first and most loved novel, Robinson Crusoe, was not published until the author was nearly 60, yet it assured Defoe of permanent fame. After the success of Robinson Crusoe, Defoe wrote four more books in five years, including The Life, Adventures, and Piracies of the Famous Captain Singleton and A Journal of the Plague Year. He died at the age of 70 in April 1731. And this is Robinson Crusoe by Daniel Defoe. And the main characters are Robinson Crusoe, Friday, and Crusoe's dog. Here we go. I was born in 1632 in the city of York. My father had come to England from Germany and had become a merchant. His name was Crutesnare, but it was changed in England to Crusoe. My mother's family name was Robinson. When I was born, I was named Robinson Crusoe. Since my father was rich, he was able to send me to good schools. He wanted me to become a lawyer. My heart, however, was set on going to school. Excuse me, to see. This caused my father and mother to worry. He wanted to be like a sailor, right? One morning, my father called me to his room. He was in bed with the gout. That's a sickness. Why do you want to leave home? Life at sea is dangerous. You do not even have to work for a living. If you stay home, I will give you all the money you want. If you become a sailor, you will have plenty of time to think about your mistakes when there is nobody around to help you. Oh, Father, I will obey your wishes. I was moved by what he had said. For the present, I stopped thinking of going to sea. But soon I forgot what my father's words had meant to me. My head filled with thoughts of the sea. It was almost a year, however, before I left. I met a friend who was sailing to London on his father's ship, and he invited me to go along. The friend says, We'll be sailing soon. Why don't you come with us? So without telling my father or my mother, I accepted my friend's offer. You know, this is the first time I've ever been to sea. Never was a young adventurer to have such bad luck. As we left London, the wind began to blow. The size of the waves frightened me. You can have your life at sea if I ever reach land again. I will never leave it. That's what he says out in the storm, huh? But when the storm passed, I forgot my words. Later, as I watched the sun rise over a peaceful sea, I thought it was the most beautiful sight I'd ever seen. Let's have some punch and forget that bit of wind. That was no storm, says the sailor to him. So we joined the other sailors and took up their way of life. 
However, some days later, we had another storm. This time I saw that even the best sailors were afraid. I heard the master of the ship praying as he went about his work. Lord, watch over us or we shall all die. The ship was lost, but somehow we made it to shore. My friend's father was the master of the ship. When he heard that I had gone to sea against my father's wishes, he was angry. Young man, you ought to take this for a sign. You are not meant to be a sailor. I wouldn't sail on a ship with you again for all the money in the world. If you do not go back, you will meet with trouble until your father's words come true. Hmm, that's interesting, huh, kids? But being foolish, I went on to London. There I met the master of a ship going to Guinea. He invited me to sail with him. He also said that I could carry goods with me to trade with the natives. This is that man talking to him. He says, if you can get a little money, I will show you what to buy for trading. This was the only trip which turned out as I had hoped. The captain told me what to take and how to trade. He also taught me how to sail the ship. The captain died soon after our return. I left most of my money with his kind wife. She promised to help me learn more about trading. My husband would have wanted to help you, she said to him. I sailed again on the same ship. Off the coast of Spain, we were caught by pirates in a Turkish ship. They took us to Sally, a port belonging to the Moors. The captain of the pirate ship made me his slave because I was young and strong. I remembered my father's words and I was sad. Hmm. My master soon began to trust me. He often sent me out to fish for him. Two years passed, then one day while I was fishing, I decided to try to escape. This is the time to get away. The winds are good. And even if I have some food, maybe I will find some trading ships from England. So he's going to try to get away from his slave master. For days, I sailed down the lonely coast. Then at last, hello, hello. I was picked up by a ship on its way to Brazil. I was so happy that I offered my sailboat to the captain, but he had a different idea. I have saved your life as I would have wanted you to save mine. He would take nothing from me. After 22 days, we arrived in Brazil. I would never forget the captain's kindness. He bought the sailboat and I went ashore to seek my fortune. The captain took me to a good, honest man like himself who owned a sugar plantation. I saw that planters grew rich quickly, so I decided to buy some land for myself. This land is rich. You only need to plant your crops and they will grow but I did not like farming. Crops do grow well here, yet this is not the kind of life I want. For four years, I lived in Brazil. Had I stayed there, I would have become rich, but something changed my mind. We want to send a ship to Africa to buy slaves. You will be in charge. You won't have to put any money into the trip. The planters were my friends. I'd often told them of my trading adventures on the coast of Guinea, so I was the most likely one to go. I was born to be my own worst enemy, for I accepted their offer. We sailed on September 1st, 1659, exactly eight years after I had left my father's house. After 12 days, a great storm arose. For days, we were blown off course until we didn't know where we were. Finally, we saw land. Afraid our ship would be broken to pieces by the waves, we escaped in a smaller boat. We could only hope that we would be saved from the wild sea. We rowed toward land like men going to their deaths. At any time, our boat could be smashed to bits. All of a sudden, a huge wave rolled over us. We were swallowed in a moment. 
I had to try very hard to keep from drowning. I felt ready to burst from holding my breath. Finally, I reached shore. I am lucky to be alive. All the other sailors were drowned. I could see our wrecked ship lying far out to sea. Why am I the only one who was saved? Night was coming. I climbed a big tree. I should be safe here if wild beasts come during the night. I placed myself carefully among the branches and fell asleep. It was already day when I woke up. The storm was over. I was surprised to see the ship had drifted quite close to shore. The sea is quiet and the tide is low. Maybe I can save some things from the ship. We could have stayed on the ship and been saved. Now I'm all alone. Because the ship didn't go down. He saw it didn't go down, you see. I filled my pockets with bread that I could eat later. Then I tried to find things I knew would be useful on shore. I don't have much time before the tide comes in again. I must build some kind of raft to float everything back to land. After I found the carpenter's tool chest, I built a raft. Soon I began to load my supplies. These things should be useful. I have bread, rice, and cheese, but I might have trouble keeping my gunpowder dry. Probably wants gunpowder to protect him, huh? The tide was rising and the wind blew toward land. I tried to row toward a creek. I need somewhere to land that looks like a good place over there. I was right. With some trouble, I guided my raft into the creek. The water moves fast here. I don't want it to carry me too far from the coast. I must watch for ships going past the island. There was a hill nearby. From it, I would be able to see all around the island. Now I will find out if there are any other people here. After a long, hard walk, I got to the top of the hill. It seemed I seemed to be all alone. I'm certainly on an island, and... There are no other people. I must look out for wild animals. I was on an uninhabited island. I could see some rocks and two smaller islands to the west, but in every other direction was the sea. Seeing that I was alone, I returned to take my supplies to the shore. Then I used the boards and sail I had saved from the ship to build a little tent. Now I have a place, safe place to spend the night. Next morning, I decided that I might still get a great many useful things from the ship. Another storm will surely sink the ship. I must get what I can from it before that happens. So every day at low tide, I went to the ship and carried back something or another. Making a new raft every time I go to the ship is a good way to float back more wood. That was a smart plan, wasn't it? After 13 days, I'd been to the ship 11 times. I'd carried away everything I possibly could. Thanks to this good weather, I might get the whole ship to shore piece by piece. But on the 14th day, I made my last trip. There was little value left on the ship. The wind was beginning to blow and I decided to swim back to shore. I knew I didn't have time to build another raft. There was a huge storm that night. Sleeping in my tent, however, I felt very safe. In the morning, the ship was gone. The ship had sunk, but I don't think there was anything useful left on it. Without the ship, I now had to think about other things. I had to protect myself from savages or wild beasts which might appear, so I decided to move my tent. This is a better spot. The other place was too low and too near the sea. This spot is higher and has fresh water. I'll be safe and still have a view. Building a fortress took a long time and much hard work. Into it, I carried all my riches, food, and other supplies. 
This fortress is strong. Neither man nor beast can get over it. When I carry my ladder in after me, I can rest safely. When I had finished bringing the things inside, I made a cave in the rock behind my tent. It would serve as a cellar to my house. The cellar will also give me a place to build a fire when the rainy season comes. Meanwhile, I still went out every day to explore the island. I took my gun, hoping to find something to shoot for food. I found that there were many goats on the island. They were very swift. It was hard to get close to them. I got one. Now I have fresh meat. I won't use up the food I got from the ship quite so fast. After several days, I knew I would soon lose track of time. To keep from doing so, I made a large cross on the shore where I had first landed. I am a very lucky man. There must be a reason I, was, I alone was saved. I should keep track of the days I spend here. Each day I cut a notch on it with my knife. In this way, I kept my calendar. We had two cats and a dog on the ship. They too were saved. They became my servants and friends for many years. You are good friends. I only wish I could teach you to talk. Now the only voice I can hear is my own. My next task was to make my cave bigger. I wanted more comfort during the rainy season and a place to keep my supplies in good order. Lucky for me that this rock is not too hard to chip. I learned that there was no need to fear wild beasts, so I dug the cave around to an opening outside the fence. I spent 18 days at this work. The cave became my cellar, kitchen, and dining room. I had never used a tool in my life, but I found that I could make anything I wanted. I'm beginning to think a man can meet all his needs. All he has to do is think and take his time. About this time, I found a little bag from the ship. It had once held grain, but rats had eaten most of it. I shook what was left out on the ground. I can use this bag to hold my gunpowder. A month later, I was surprised to find barley and rice growing where I had dropped the seeds. I've started raising grain. How lucky I was to throw the grain in the right place at the right time. When it was ripe, I carefully harvested the grain. I planned to plant again until I had enough to make bread. It will take several years, but someday I will bake bread. Meanwhile, I began to think deeply about my life. What is this earth and sea? Who am I and who made the world? page here. Soon after I found the grain, I became ill with a fever. For many days, I was very sick. I began to pray for the first time in my life. Instead of feeling sorry for myself, I felt sorry for the sadness I had caused my parents. When I began to feel stronger, I decided to explore the island again. I had been here now for 10 months. Bunches of ripe grapes were ready to be picked. I knew I could dry them in the sun and make raisins. This was in the one valley where I made a wonderful discovery. If I try to carry the grapes back, I will crush them. I'll have to hang them here in the sun to dry. I also found melons and trees with lemons and limes. This place is like heaven. I was secretly pleased with my, with my life. I began to think of myself as king of all this country. Perhaps I should build some kind of home here. I'll keep my peace, my place by the sea, but I can also spend some time in my country house. So I built a fence around the place. Now I could have two houses. On August 3rd, I harvested over 200 bunches of raisins. I took them home to my cave. This will be the best part of my winter food. Soon it began to rain almost every day. Sometimes I could not leave my cave for several days. 
I didn't do my harvesting any too soon. It looks like the rainy season has started. On September 30th, I had been on the island for one year. I decided to make this a holy day. I thank God for taking care of me for one year. I learned to know when the rainy season and dry season would appear. In February, I planted my seeds. I knew the rainy months of March and April would water them. I'm becoming a good farmer. I can now get two harvests a year. While the corn was growing, I made another interesting discovery. I visited my I visited my country place, where there I found that my fence seemed to be growing too. This will be a cool shady place. I will spend the dry season here. I cut some extra branches to make a growing fence around the first wall of my seacoast house too. If any strangers arrive, they will not find me. These branches also soon grew and they made a fine cover for my home. When the branches were grown, I found that even the twigs were very useful. I will use these to make baskets. As a child, I had watched people make baskets in my town. Now I could try what I had learned from them. This should be strong enough to hold my corn. During the rainy season, I made many kinds of baskets. I was eager to explore the island more. When the weather cleared, I took my gun, hatchet, dog, and some raisins and began my journey. Perhaps I can get a better view of the nearby islands from the other side. It was a very clear day. When I reached the hilltop, I saw land far off in the distance. That land must be part of America. It is likely that cannibals live there. I'm glad I didn't land there. I crossed over to the western side of the island. It was much nicer than my side. I spent many days exploring it. This is beautiful country, but I still like my own spot better. Reaching the seashore, I found many turtles. There were also many different kinds of birds. And on the hillside, I think I see goats. On our journey home, my dog caught a young goat, but I kept him from killing it. Don't be afraid. I will take care of you. I planned to raise a herd of tame goats. I'd been gone a month and was happy to be back. Never again will I be away from home so long while I am on this island. On September 30th, I celebrated the end of my second year on the island. I gave a prayer of thanks. Oh Lord, thank you for protecting me for another year. This life has made me a better and happier man. So I began my third year. With each harvest, I had more and more grain. Soon I would have enough to make bread. Meanwhile, I also captured a parrot and tried to teach him to speak. What is your name? Paul. I finally taught my parrot to say his own name. At last I could hear a voice besides my own. I would need more than baskets to make bread, so I decided to make to try and make pots in which to bake it. How funny my pots look. But the hot sun dried the clay too fast. I need pots that will hold water and stand the heat of fire. These will never do. Then one day, I found a broken piece of clay in the fire. It was burned hard as stone. I think I've found the secret. If the heat would make pieces of broken pots hard, I might be able to harden whole pots. I placed my pots in the center of a ring of firewood. Under them, I laid heaps of coals. Then I watched the fire all night. When the pots turned bright red, I let the fire go out slowly. After the pots cooled, I found that they were hard. I now had pots that I could cook in. I was so happy that I tried something else. I made a wooden mortar and pestle to grind my grain to flour. Then I made a little oven and put hot coals all around it. To me, it was the best oven in the world. This bread is the best that was ever baked. 
I was now able to grow enough grain to last a year. I think I'll build a bigger barn for storing my corn, barley, and rice. Things were going well. I no longer worried about cannibals, but my secret wish was to escape. I decided to build a large canoe. It took 20 days just to cut the tree. I worked very hard, but I didn't plan things very well. I'll make it hollow first, then I'll find some way to move it to the water. It took a month to shape out the outside and nearly three more months to hollow the inside. The canoe was bigger than any I've ever seen. It would have carried 20 men. This is a beautiful canoe. Soon I saw how foolish I had been. Although the water was nearby, I could not move the canoe. And I guess it's the heaviest canoe ever built. Next time I'll plan before I start working. In the middle of my work on the canoe, I finished my fourth year in the place. I now lived in much greater comfort than I had in the beginning. Father, I thank you for the lessons I've learned. You have taught me to use well what I have. What I have. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't want more. I don't want to waste what you have given me. I often gave prayers of thanks for the help I had received. Meanwhile, my clothes had worn out, so I did the best I could and made new ones. I'm the best tailor on this island. My new clothes will protect me from the sun's heat and rain. For five years, nothing changed. Every year, I planted barley and rice. My crops grow better every year. And I dried my grapes to make raisins. I tried to keep enough grain and raisins to last me a year. There are not many people in the world with enough food to last them for a whole year. I finally built a smaller canoe. By digging a canal, I was able to float the canoe to the water. It took two years to make this canoe, but I'm not sorry for, the, for a minute of the time. I decided to use the canoe to sail around the island. First, I loaded it with supplies. There's barley, bread, rice, meat, fruit, and gunpowder. That should be enough for a voyage around the island. Then, on November 6th, in the sixth year of my stay on the island, I set out. I waited until the sea was quiet. Even so, I was drawn into a strong current and swept me out toward the open sea. I should never have left my beautiful island. I had almost given up hope, but suddenly the current turned and carried me around the rocks. I was heading back toward the island. As soon as I made it to shore, I fell to my knees and said a grateful prayer. Once again, I have learned to value what I have by almost losing it. After this, I gave up all thoughts of escape from the island. I found a safe hiding place for the canoe, and then I walked home. I'll trust my feet instead of the ocean currents. I barely made it to my country house. Once there, I lay in the shade to rest. I was very tired. Soon I fell asleep. In the middle of a dream, a voice awakened me. Robin? Robinson Crusoe, where have you been? Poor Robin. It was my Paul. He had learned to copy my voice and he sounded very sad. It's very nice to be welcomed back. Welcome back, if only by you, Paul. By now, I was through with my voyages, my sea voyages. With a happy heart, I stayed near my home. I was now in my 11th year on the island. Again, I thought it would be wise to tame some wild goats. So far, I had not been able to do so. Must find a way to trap these wild, swift animals. I dug several large pits in places where I had seen the goats eating. I planned to hide the pits by covering them. Then I would place bait on the cover. Corn should make good bait. I trapped some goats. Now I had to build a pen in which to keep them. I'll free the larger animals, then I'll tie up the smaller ones. They'll be easier to tame. 
For the pen, I chose an open field. It had fresh water and plenty of grass for grazing. This fence will keep my goats from running away after they had been, have been tamed. In three years, I had over 40 goats in five different pastures. From them, I got milk to make butter and even cheese. Now I have my own dairy and my pottery has become better too. Once I had been afraid I would starve or that I would be killed by wild beasts. Now I was safe. I was prince of the whole island. I have learned to find plenty of food here. I will never be hungry. Every night I ate like a king. My servants were all around me. Paul was my favorite and he was the only one allowed to talk to me. It shows a picture of his servants. That's a parrot and two cats and a dog. Then one day I found a man's footprint on the shore. I can't believe it. How did this get here? Someone may be following me. For a time, I stood very still. Then I turned and ran home to my fortress. I must get home before he catches me. I thought that my island must be sometimes visited by savages. I feared they might find some sign of me. Then they might return to kill me. I no longer felt safe, but I also knew that fearing danger was worse than danger itself. Maybe savages have found my boat. They may be looking for me this very moment. I knew I must do what I could to protect myself. This is the first time I've seen any sign of other people. Surely they can't be here very often or for very long. I added a second wall to my fortress. Then I placed my seven guns like cannons in tiny openings. It took me a whole month to finish the wall. I never felt safe until it was done. In two years, there was a grove, and in five years, a wood. It was so thick that no man would ever be able to see behind it. Meanwhile, I did not forget my other duties. As a good farmer, I must take care of what I have started. I also built fences around three pastures. There I kept several young goats. If anything attacked the rest of the flock, these animals would be saved. I had been on the island now for almost 18 years. The sight of that one footprint put me in great fear of cannibals. For almost two years, I left my fortress only to take care of my goats and farm. I wish I did, could not, I wish I could feel as safe as I did before I saw that footprint finally decided that savages never came to this side of the island. Then one day, on the far side of the island, I found the shore covered with bones. It looked like the remains of a cannibal feast. I was grateful to be living where no one could find me, but from then on, I could think of nothing but how I could get rid of these savages. I found a good place for a surprise attack. Then I spent months waiting for the cannibals to return. <laughs> Maybe I can save someone from becoming a, a meal for them. But then I thought there might be another lesson here. These people might think it's more wrong to eat people's flesh, no more wrong to eat people's flesh than we do to eat cattle. So I gave up my plans for an attack on the savages. For several more years, I led a quiet life. Then one night in my 24th year, I had a dream. In my dream, cannibals arrived on the island, but the man they were going to eat ran away. He came to me and became my servant. I awoke filled with the joy at the thought of my new companion. I was sad to remember it was just a dream. My peace has left me. I can no longer be happy here without another human being. About a year and a half later, I was surprised to see five canoes coming toward the island. There must be 30 men at least. One of their prisoners had escaped. Suddenly, I remembered the dream. I must help that poor fellow, but I don't want to bring the whole group to my part of the island. Only two men ran after the prisoner. I took care of them and no one else came. Indeed, the man was grateful. My dream has been answered. Now I have someone to talk to. The native then buried the two bodies so there was no trace of them. I began to speak with the native right away so he could learn to speak to me. I told him his name was Friday, for that was the day I had saved his life. 
Friday, Friday, Friday. He learned to say his name. I was afraid the others might have heard the sh- my shots. But that afternoon, the canoes left quietly. Friday, eat. I shared my bread and raisins with Friday. By gestures, he told me that he would serve me for the rest of his life. The next day, I made Friday a suit of clothes. These should do as well as mine for keeping out the heat and the rain. I made Friday a bed between the two walls and locked the door to my cave. But it was not long before I began to trust him. I will be glad to have some company. I, showed, I also showed Friday how to make bread, so he was able to do all the work for me. Friday, you learn very fast. Now I had two mouths to feed. I marked out a larger field to grow more grain. Friday worked very hard and happily too. We will dig this field so we can plant more corn. Friday, dig field, Friday said. These were the happiest years I spent on the island. Friday soon spoke English quite well. He often made me laugh. But then one morning, Friday came running into my room. Master, master, a ship has come. Some men came on shore with prisoners. We went closer. Oh, master, will English mans eat prisoners? No, they may kill them, but they won't eat them. It seemed that the sailors had mutinied. They planned to leave their captain on this island. Gentlemen, you may have you may have help you didn't expect. Are you a real man or an angel? If an angel came to help you, would he come in better clothes? I think he would, but I'll do. Please save us. I'll take you both to England. There, the ship's owners will also reward you. We gave them our guns. Quickly, they surprised their captors. Friday and the captain's men took the prisoners to one of the goat pens. Meanwhile, I dined with the captain and told him my story. He found it hard to believe. That afternoon, more sailors came from the ship to look for the first group, but we were ready and easily caught them. Many of the captives said they'd been forced by others to act against the captain. They begged to go back to the captain and to show their friendship. They even said they would help him get his ship back. Those men will stop at nothing. Give us another chance. You will find... You will never find a better crew. That night, the captain took two boats and some men, and they hoped to take back the ship. As soon as I heard the cannons, I fell asleep, knowing the ship was safe. I slept soundly. In the morning, I was awakened by joyful shouts. My dear friend, the ship and we who belong to her are yours. A wonderful party followed, and I was given many gifts. I had not seen such clean new clothes in over 20 years. How different this shirt feels from the fur I've been wearing. We still had to decide what to do with five prisoners. The captain was afraid to have them back on the ship. I offered to give them my home. If they chose to stay, they would not have to return to England to hang. If you work hard, you can live a good life here. The men wanted to stay. I told them how I planted my corn, how I dried my grapes, and how I lived. And so, after 28 years, 2 months, and 19 days, I left the island. It was December 19, 1686. I took my good friend Friday, and he stayed with me from then on. Friday, this will be a new life for us, but I shall always miss my island. When I reached England, I felt like a stranger. My father and family had all died or could not be found. There may have been many changes... I decided to travel to Lisbon if I wanted to see if there was any news of my plantation. It's hard to believe this is not a dream. In Lisbon, I found my old friend, the captain of the ship that had saved me when I escaped from North Africa. We're both older, friend, 
He had wonderful news. My plantation had done so well that I was now a rich man. Your plantation manager has kept up the good work you started. I sent word to Brazil that I was still alive. Then I decided to return to England. Having been often unlucky at sea, I chose to travel by land. This will not be our last goodbye. We crossed the Pyrenees Mountains in the middle of winter. On the way, we were attacked by wolves. I decided I would rather have met a storm at sea. I was very happy to be returning to England. I decided then to sell my plantation. I feel very good to be home again. I sold my plantation for 33,000 pieces of gold. Your business in Brazil is now finished. You have been paid a good price. Now very rich, I return home to York. Here's where I found my brother's two children. I took them into my care. My good young fellows, you are the only family I have left. The older boy I raised as a gentleman, I also added to the money he had received from his father. You've been more than kind, uncle. The other boy I sent to sea for five years. He was a brave fellow, so I made him captain of his own ship. I was married for a short time, but my wife died. Then, though I was too old for adventures, my nephew talked me into another voyage. I have always been drawn to the sea. Later, Friday and I visited my island. We heard a story as exciting and wonderful as of my own. We have done we have done as you said. Our work has rewarded us. I divided the island into parts. I kept much for myself in case I wanted to return later. Then I left some tools, clothes, guns, and powder and returned to my ship. So my life adventure, which had begun so foolishly, ended happily. My life has been strange, and my rewards have not come the easy way, but I can't say I'm sorry for any of it. I have learned hard lessons well. The end. So that was a abridged version of Robinson Crusoe by Daniel Defoe, and it was originally priced at a dollar ninety-five whenever it was printed. And I think I told you it was by Pocket Classics. And let me see what the date was. Academic Industries Incorporated was the publisher and the date was 1984 thanks for joining me maybe you can go and read the real robinson crusoe